This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 172. So, being today is Sunday, August 1st, 2021. As usual, on Sundays, I cover the news and rumors roundup from the big four camera site, rumor sites of Canon rumors, Nikon rumors, Fuji rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. Now, if you remember from episode 171 when I announced the latest contest, I am still battling a nasty head cold that I've had for just about a week now. Um, I'm a lot better than I was, but I'm still not 100%. So uh, bear with me. I'm going to do the best that I can uh, for this uh, episode. All right, so right now, let's head on over to Canon Rumors and see what they have for us this week. Let's do this! All right, first up, the Canon EOS R3 will be a 24 megapixel camera. This has been confirmed by EXIF data. Now, this was posted on July 27th, 2021. It looks like the resolution of the sensor in the Canon EOS R3 has been confirmed at 24 megapixels. It looks like EXIF data that made it out of Tokyo Olympics images have made their way to the Canon Rumors Forum. The EXIF data shows an image size of 6,000 by 4,000 pixels, which puts us at 24 megapixels. Now, the rest of the R3 specifications as we know them at this time, okay, 24 megapixel backside illuminated image sensor, multi-controller and smart controller, very angle touch screen, new accessory shoe, Wi-Fi at 5 gigahertz, high-speed 30 frames per second electronic shutter with AF-AE tracking plus raw shooting at this speed. AF down to minus 7 EV, 8 stops coordinated control IS with the optical IS and in-body image stabilization, 4K Canon Log 3, oversampling 4K, internal raw video, inclusion of cars and motorbikes and AF tracking technology, raw internal movie recording, speed light shooting with electronic shutter, the same weather ceiling as the EOS 1DX series, LPE19 battery, just like the 1DX series, and dual card slots, 1SD and 1CF Express. Now, if you remember, I mentioned before that I think it's kind of silly that Canon chose to go with SD and CF Express, especially when Sony and their newer cameras um, has been doing dual card slots that are multi-purpose card slots. In other words, they'll take uh, CF Express or SD either one in the same two slots. Now, that would have been really awesome if Canon had thought to have done something like that. But no, they couldn't even give us two CF Express, which to me is just silly and a waste of time. But as I've said before, Canon's not about to listen to me. Just because I'm a Canon shooter doesn't mean they're going to take my suggestions to heart when they're developing new camera bodies. So I guess we'll just have to, uh, those of us that decide to buy the R3 will have to live with SD and CF Express. That's just the way it's going to be. All right, next up, firmware Canon Cinema EOS C500 Mark II version 1.0.3.1. 
promises made, promises kept. Canon has released firmware version 1.0.3.1 for the Canon Cinema EOS C500 Mark III. This is a major firmware update that adds a lot of new features and functionality. The Canon uh, Cinema EOS C500 Mark II camera is at $15,999 at Arama. Firmware version 1.0.3.1 incorporates the following fix and enhancements, adds XC protocol, adds anamorphic resolution options of 4192 by 3140, which is 43, and 70 or 3768 by 3140, 6.5, when sensor mode is full frame, when raw format is selected. Adds 1.8 times to the anamorphic D-squeeze setting. Adds 2048 by 1080 and 1920 by 1080 options to the 12G SDI output when recording resolution is 4K or 5.9K raw. Adds MON OUT and HDMI simultaneous output option at 1920 by 1080p or I. Adds LOOK FILE function 3D LUT file dot cube. Adds ITU-R.BT.709 standard compliant gamma BT709 standard BT709 the the to the custom picture. Okay. Adds power saving mode by restricting some functions. Adds two times option to the magnification. Adds mask 100% to the aspect marker. Improvement in retaining recording settings when switching, switching sensor modes. Clips can now be played by operating the joystick. Adds Ukrainian language to the languages option. And of course, you can download the new firmware for the Canon Cinema EOS C500 Mark III at the Canon official website. And I do want to apologize for the confusion that is for the EOS C500 Mark II, not Mark III camera. I screwed up and misread the headline, and that's because I also have a story on the new firmware for the EOS C300, which is the Mark III edition of that body. So for the C500, it is the Mark II. Once again, my apologies. Next up, firmware Canon Cinema EOS C300 Mark III version 1.0.1.1. As promised, Canon has released firmware 1.0.1.1 for the Canon Cinema EOS C300 Mark III. This is a major firmware update that adds a lot of new features and functionality. The Canon Cinema EOS C300 Mark III can be purchased for $10,999 at Adorama. Firmware version uh, 1.0.1.1 incorporates the following fixes and enhancements. Uh, let's see, adds XC protocol, adds 1.8 times to the anamorphic D squeeze setting, adds 2048 by 1080, 1920 by 1080 option to the 12G SDI output when recording resolution is 4K or 5.9K raw. Now, a lot of these uh, 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 fixes and enhancements are the same as they were on the C500, but there are a couple of them that are different on the C300, so bear with me. Adds mon.out and HDMI simultaneous output option 1920 by 1080 both P and I. Adds look file function 3D LUT file.cube. Adds ITU RBT 709 standard compliant gamma 
uh, blah, 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 to the custom picture. Adds power saving mode by restricting some functions. Add two times option to magnification. Adds masks 100% to the aspect marker. Adds the ability to update the Mondot out HDMI output from 59.94p to 2997p or 2398p has been added. Adds the option for the same file name simultaneous recording in XF dash AVC or Cinema Raw Light. Adds black and white during magnification, it looks like, as an option to the assistance function menu. Modifies the default value for the assign button for magnification video terminal to just magnification. Improvement in retaining recording settings and switching sensor modes. Clips can now be played operating the joystick. Adds Ukrainian language to the languages available. And you can also download this firmware from the official Canon uh, Cinema C300 Mark III website. So again, two major firmware updates for the EOS Cinema cameras, the 500 and the 300. So if you have either one of those, I highly recommend you pop on over there, download those firmware updates, get them installed so you can get the bug fixes, you can get the new features and functions. They are always absolutely handy to have. Next up, behind the scenes at Canon's CPS facility at the Tokyo Olympics. Photographer Jeff Cable, who has been in Tokyo shooting the Olympic Games, takes us behind the scenes at Canon's CPS facility. This is where you go to get all the gear you could ever possibly need, and if you had a mishap, Canon can make a lot of repairs on site. And it has a sensor cleaning station and a photograph here that it's showing uh, that's copyright Jeff Cable Photography. Uh, sensor clean, uh, cleaning sensors at Canon CPS behind the scenes. Uh, one of the interesting machines available to shooters is Canon Image Sensor Cleaner. You mount the camera to a machine and it does all the work to get the dust off your sensor and clear out any other dust inside the camera. Head on over to Jeff Cable's blog to see how everything works for Canon's professional photographers at the accompanying link. And of course, you can find this article in the show notes for this episode so that you can check it out for yourself. Same with all of the rumor sites. All of these articles will be in the show notes so you can check them out. Next up, Canon USA restocks inventory of RF mount refurbished lenses. Canon USA has replenished stock on some refurbished RF mount lenses. The L glass usually sells out pretty quickly, so if you're in the market, you better act fast. We have the Canon RF 24-70 f2.8L ISUSM for $2,069. The Canon RF 24-105 f4L ISUSM for $879. The Canon RF 24-240 f4-63 ISUSM for $718. The Canon RF 35mm f1.8 ISSTM for $399. The Canon RF 50mm f1.2L USM for $2,069. And the Canon and RF 70-200 F2.8L ISUSM for $24.29. All of Canon's refurbished lenses come with a full one-year Canon USA warranty, so you have nothing to worry about there. So if you want to get some savings on any of those RF mount lenses, you better get over there fast, especially if you want any of the L mount glass, because as I mentioned, that stuff sells out super, super fast. 
And last up from Canon rumors for this week, the Canon EOS R3 shows up for more certifications. The R3 has appeared for certification in Thailand along with some older Canon accessories. I'm not sure what the Speedlight 600EX 2RX is as the Speedlight 600EX 2RT exists. There are a lot of older Canon accessories on the certification list below, so it's probably much ado about nothing. There is no new information to gather from this certification, but we'll see the Canon EOS R3 officially announced in September. And it has all the specifications. I'm not going to go over them again because I just read them a little bit ago in the earlier article, but it is expected that Canon's going to officially announce re the release of the camera in September of 2021. So that is going to wrap up everything for Canon Rumors. And now we're going to head on over to Nikon Rumors to see what they have for us for this week. All right, first up from Nikon Rumors, Rare Niker X F camera with M42 mount. A reader sent me an email about this Rare Niker X F camera with the M42 mount. Nipon, uh, Kojaku KK alias Nikon Corporation became famous for its rangefinder cameras with the S-mount in 1948 and the legendary Nikon F with its F-mount 1959. That mount is still used on modern DSLRs. In the early years, Nikon experimented with rangefinder cameras with the Leica thread mount equals 39mm thread. The M42 mount, a 42mm thread, invented in 1938 by Carl Zeiss, was never used by Nikon. It is therefore very strange to find a Niker XF camera with the M42 mount. This is a very rare camera and is not mentioned in whatever book. The Niker X FM42 has a back focal distance of 45.46 millimeters, while all F mount cameras have a back focal distance of 46.5 millimeters. Uh, the camera has no internal exposure meter and there are no electronic contacts. Since Nikon never made lenses with the M42 mount, I've mounted the legendary Yoshinon DS 50mm f1.9 standard lens made by the largest Japanese lens maker ever, uh, Tomoaka, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or not, Tomoa, Tomoaka, founded in 1924 by a former Nikon engineer, nowadays belongs to Kisira Optic and made lenses for fellow camera makers like Shinon, Yoshika, Cosina, Rico, Fuji, Vivitar, and many others. The unsuccessful Niker X cameras were made by Mamiya, who made some SLR cameras with M42 mount as Mamiya slash Secor. Who can give information on this rare Niker X F camera with the M42 mount? You can reach out to the owner of the site at their contact information on the Nikon Rumors website. That is a pretty rare and unique camera, and it is kind of interesting. I wonder who created it. Um, was it something that was actually manufactured at one time, or is it something that somebody modified? I'm not sure on that. 
Next up, more pictures of the upcoming Retro Silver TT Artisan APS-C lenses for the Nikon ZFC. Some additional pictures of the upcoming Silver TT Artisan Manual Focus Mirrorless APS-C lenses designed for the Nikkor ZFC camera that I reported on the other day. TT Artisan lenses can be purchased at Adorama, Amazon US, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, B&H Photo, eBay, Pergear, Ally Express, the official TT Artisan online store, and the Photo Rumors online store. And there are a lot of interesting images included in this article, which of course you can check out for yourself in this episode's show notes. It is an interesting looking lens. Um, again, I'm not an icon shooter, but it does look like a pretty cool lens nonetheless. Next up, more pictures of the Nikon Z camera at the Olympics. Uh, Fotolari posted two additional pictures of the Nikon Z9 camera spotted at the Tokyo Olympic Games. One's a distant shot and one's an up close of the back of the camera. It's got a hefty lens mounted on it. I can't quite make out what lens it is. Uh, but it does look like a beast, and it is not surprising or shocking to see the Z9 in the wild at the Olympics, just like the R3, since they are two high-end cameras. The Z9 is the top-of-the-line flagship in the Nikon mirrorless camera lineup, where the R3 is the next two flagship. It's one tier below the flagship. Canon is still expected to do an R1 to replace the 1DX line of DSLR sports flagship bodies. Next up, Nikon ZFC camera now shipping. Some configurations are currently in stock. The latest Nikon ZFC camera is already shipping worldwide. In the U.S., the ZFC with the 16 to 50 lens kit is already in stock at Adorama and Amazon. In Europe, Photohan's uh, Kazoomcomp has most of the ZFC configurations in stock, and there are some interesting photos of these kits. Uh, check pricing and availability of the latest Nikon products at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, Park Cameras. Wex, Calumet, Photo Earnhardt, and Camera Canada. For the 28mm pre-orders, Amazon B&H, Adorama, Park Cameras, Wex, Calumet, Photo Earnhardt, and Camera Canada. And the 16 to 50mm pre-orders at Adorama B&H, Amazon, Park Cameras, Wex, Calumet, Photo Earnhardt, and Camera Canada. So it looks like all of those retailers have more information on those lenses and the ZFC bodies. Next up, first pictures of the back of the Nikon Z9 camera. Earlier today, Fotolari posted two pictures of the Nikon Z camera on their Twitter account. These are backside-only shots. Uh, one, it looks like the Z9 resting on a professional sports photographer's uh, lap. And the other shots are of the camera. It looks like slung over uh, somebody's shoulder. The original tweet is now deleted, but the Digicam info still has the pictures online. It seems that both photos were taken at the Olympic Games, and this is the first time we can see the back of the Nikon Z camera. And of course, I mentioned a moment ago, there are a couple other pictures of the Nikon Z9 at the Olympic Games. Um, so it is definitely uh, getting to the point where the Z9 will be officially released soon, probably be announced in September or October, along with the official release announcement for the Canon EOS R3. 
And last up from Nikon Rumors, the Nikon ENEL15C battery is finally back in stock. The Nikon ENEL15C battery is finally in stock at B&H Photo and Canac. Camera Canada. The ENEL15C battery was introduced last year with the Nikon Z5 camera and is also compatible with the Z7, 72, 6, 62, the 5, of course, the D850, the D810, the D810A, the D780, the D750, the D7500, 7200, D610, and the D500. From the Nikon Z5, uh, press release, quote, adoption of the new higher capacity ENEL15C rechargeable lithium, uh, lithium-ion battery and support for USB power delivery when the camera is turned on enables use over longer periods of time, making the outdoor recording and recording of images for time-lapse movies even easier. The new ENEL15C rechargeable lithium-ion battery has an increased capacity that enables the capture of approximately 470 photos with a single charge. From B&H Photo product listing, quote, power select Nikon cameras with the ENEL15C rechargeable lithium ion battery. This battery has the ENEL15 form factor and can be used as a higher capacity substitute for previous generation batteries. It is compatible with the MH25 and MH25A chargers, or when used with Z cameras, it can be charged in camera using the EH7P charging AC adapter. Check out also this Nikon support article on the ENEL15, the 15A, the 15B, and the 15C rechargeable lithium-ion battery compatibility. And there are also some YouTube videos that you can check out on this new Nikon battery. So that is going to wrap up Nikon Rumors. Next, we'll head on over to Fuji Rumors and see what he has for us for this week. But first, we'll go ahead and take a quick break. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back and over to Fuji Rumors now. First up, Fujinon XF70-300 versus XF100-400, the XF18mm f1.4, the Fujifilm XE4, and more. The latest and greatest X roundup. The Fujifilm, uh, let's see here, here's a roundup about the most recent Fujifilm X gear. The Fujifilm XE4 is available at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. The Fujinon XF18mm f1.4 is available at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. The LHXF18 lens hood at BH Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. The Fujinon XF70 300 F4 56 at BH Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. And the Fujinon XF 27mm F2.8 RWR from all of the same retailers. Under the roundup category, we have Photography Blog XE4 Review, Photoscalia XE4 Tested, 
50-50 Travelog XF 18mm F1.4 review. 50-50 uh, Travelog Fujifilm XF 18 F1.4 R versus the XF 23mm F1.4 R. Photography blog, the XF 18 1.4 review. Uh, let's see, Peter, it looks like Poet, the Fujinon XF 18 1.4, about a perfect world. And let's see, Bajor Morman, if I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right or not, the new 18 millimeter uh, uh, mini review Fujifilm XF 18 1.4. And there are also some YouTube videos from Fuji guys on the XE4. Um, and some other channels here as well. You can check out all of those videos for yourself. It's quite an extensive list of videos from numerous different channels on the latest and greatest Fujifilm X-Gear. You can check them all out for yourself. Next up, exclusive Fujinon GF35-70 F45-56 versus Fujinon GF32-64 F4 size comparison. One of the most intriguing lenses Fujifilm will launch in near future within 2021 is definitely the Fujinon GF35-70 F45-56, a very affordable zoom for the Fujifilm GFX system. To see which other lenses and cameras will be launched this year, but also in 2022, check out our rumored XGFX 2021-2022 timeline, but back to the GF35 to 70 millimeter. We already told you that the lens will have a collapsible design similar to the one we find on the Fujinon XC15 to 45 F35 to 56. This means that when you first turn the lens, you are not already you are not already zooming. You are just pushing out the lens. Once pushed out, you can start zooming. This sort of design helps to keep lens the lens size smaller. But how small would the Fujinon GF35 to 70 F45 to 5.6 be? Well, thanks to indication of our sources, we can now share an approximate size comparison between the upcoming 35 to 70 and the already existing and quite frankly stellar and now hugely discounted Fujinon GF32 to 64 F4. You can see the comparison above. Of course, the rendering shows the lens in its smallest size possible. This is approximate size comparison I made using an image, imaginary mock-up I made out of the rumors shared so far, so do not expect it to be 100% super accurate size comparison. But it will help you to get an idea on what is about to come from Fujifilm. Now, I own the Fujinon GF32-64 F4 and love it. And I also love the fact that it has an aperture ring, which the Fujinon GF35-70 won't have. So no regrets here. I will happily stick with my 32-64. But the Fujinon 35-70 has also its strengths, a sensibly smaller size, as you can see above, and a much more affordable price tag. I can see what Fujifilm is doing here, and as I said in this article, it makes a whole lot of sense as it finally fixes the true anomaly in the G-mount lens lineup. So guys, that was it for today, but more juicy stuff will come soon. You can buy the GF32-64, save $500 at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. The GF 50mm F3.5 saves $200 at the same three retailers, and the GF 45mm F2.8 saved $200 at the same three retailers. Mail-in rebates end August 22nd. Pay full price and then get a $500 or $200 prepaid MasterCard back after your purchase. Check out this Fuji page to claim your money back.
And so that is definitely interesting. I do like the uh, size comparison, even if it's not 100% accurate. Uh, the guy at Fuji Rumors is a great source and very knowledgeable. And I'd be willing to bet that his size comparison is fairly close to spot on. Now, of course, as he said, this is with the 35 to 70 and it's fully collapsed size uh, rendering uh, versus the 32 to 64 at its normal uh, standard size because it is not a um collapsible lens um and the uh the 35 to 70 is a bit smaller it looks like it's probably about two inches shorter uh maybe two and a half but uh, we'll have to wait and see when it's officially released just how much of a size difference between those lenses there are and as i've said before i am excited about the 35 to 70 as i don't have a zoom lens for the gf mount yet and i desperately want one so i'm hoping fuji will cut us a break and give us existing gfx camera owners a price break on that lens it'd be nice if they give it to us for the same 500 that they're going to sell it for bundled with the gfx 50s mark ii or the gfx 100s that would be fantastic and next up from fuji rumors fujinon gr xf 70 to 300 f45 to 56 in stock at amazon us you can get this lens now for 7.99 it is available at amazon us where as it is still out of stock at bnh photo and adorama it actually was shortly available also at B&H Photo a few weeks ago, as you can see from the screenshot above, but just the time I needed to write the article and it was sold out again and never came back in stock. So if you want this lens for now, you can get it at Amazon US. Uh, so it is interesting to see that B&H Photo and Adorama are still having trouble getting this lens, but Amazon US is able to get it no problem. That's kind of unusual, especially with B&H and Adorama being official retailers for Fujifilm gear, as well as all the major camera manufacturers' gear. Next up, live Fujifilm Photography Workshop on August 19th. Moment has put together some well-known Fujifilm X shooters and organized a 4.5 hour live workshop on August 19th. The workshop is usually $149, but there's currently a huge discount on it if you click the link in this article in the show notes. To read who will lead the workshop and what subjects will be covered, check out the dedicated article at Moment's official website. So that is definitely some interesting news. I always recommend that if you want to improve your photography skills, taking a workshop, uh, it's always a great source. It's always a good idea to spend money on expanding your knowledge in photography, more so than spending tons of money on gear. The more you learn, the more you grow, the better you'll be as a photographer. Next up, Fujifilm's biggest error is now fixed and waiting for Sigma. It's a rare thing. It's a rare thing that the entire Fuji rumors community agrees on a certain matter, but Fujifilm succeeded in this miracle. How? By categorically refusing to open their lens protocols to third-party lens manufacturers. And still in 2019, top Fujifilm managers insisted that there is no need to have Sigma, Tamron, and company on the X-Mal side of life. I love you, Fuji, but this was just the biggest error the management ever took, proven by the fact 
that it's also the one decision the entire FR community disagreed with. Well, Fujifilm finally fixed this error in 2020 by saying they open X-Mount to third parties. Late, but better late than never. And guess what is happening? Third-party manufacturers are finally joining the X-Mount, attracted by the Fujifilm market share and facilitated by the open lens protocols, a deal breaker for Sigma for a long time. So let's see what is happening. Cosina launched the Voigtlander Noctan 35mm f1.2x with no autofocus but with electronic contacts to provide EXIF data and focus check. Tokina launched a couple of X-Mount lenses. Sigma is hinting to have lenses for X-Mount coming in 2021. And probably the biggest news so far, Tamron will be launching the Tamron 18-300 F35-63 for Fujifilm X sometime in 2021. The Tamron 18-300 F35-63 coming soon at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. And since we have Tamron officially on board now, I thought we could give a revival to our original Tamron X-Mount lenses wish list, which we published back in 2020 here. And uh, you can check out those past polls for yourself in this article in the show notes. It is uh, definitely a good thing that Fuji decided to finally open up their protocols to third-party lens makers. I agree with the FR community. That was a completely idiotic decision originally on Fuji's part. And last up for Fuji rumors for this week, 7 Artisan 60mm f2.8 macro Mark II for the Fujifilm X-Mount is now available in stock at B&H Photo for $179. A little while ago, 7 Artisans announced the new 7 Artisans 55mm f1.4 Mark II and the 7 Artisans 60mm f2.8 Mark II, a refresh of their very popular 7 Artisans lenses. The 7 Artisans 55 1.4 was in stock already already since uh, while at Amazon US here, B&H Photo here, and Amazon UK here. Now also the 7 Artisan 60mm is in stock at B&H Photo as well as Amazon US and Amazon UK. So you can buy either one of those Mark II lenses at Amazon US, B&H Photo, or Amazon in the UK. So definitely some exciting news for the people that love to buy the seven artisan lenses. I have not shot with a seven artisans lens, but I've read a lot of good things about them. I've seen a lot of excellent reviews on them. Are they absolutely perfect lenses? Are they flawless? Absolutely not. But they are a great lens at a fantastically affordable price. So I highly encourage you to check them out. Maybe rent one uh, from lensrentals.com or somebody like that and give it a try if you're a Fujifilm X shooter. See if maybe it's something you want want to add to your camera bag. And to wrap up this week's episode, now let's head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors. First up, two days left to save big on all DxO software, including 30% off the new Nick Collection 4. Today, July 31st, which is as of the time I'm recording this, you can save up to 30% on all DxO products. You can click here, 30% off the Nick Collection 4, uh, 30% off Pure Raw, Photolab 3.2, DxO Film Pack, and DxO Viewpoint. Now, I believe 
uh, being this article was released on the 31st, that that means the sale will end on the 1st as of the date of this episode's release. So you have until the end of the day on Sunday the 1st to pick up any of these discounts that you might be interested in. Next up, leak in, leaked image of the new updated Lawa 2 Argus 35mm F095 FE lens. Venus Optics will soon launch the updated version of their current 35mm F095 FE lens. The new Mark II version uses one ED lens, one aspheric lens, and four special high refractive glasses, glass elements. It's said to have an excellent picture quality, internal focus design, video optimization, all metal design, brand new F0.95 optical mechanical mechanism. And there are charts here, but they are in, uh, looks like Chinese or Japanese, I'm not sure, um, as well as some charts on the actual lens construction. So it is interesting uh, if you want to check that out in this episode's show notes. Next up, Sony ZV-E10 is now available for pre-order at Amazon US as well. Uh, it is available at Amazon US. You can also pre-order at BH Photo and Adorama. Uh, in Europe, you can get it at Calumet DE, Park UK, and Wex UK. So anybody that might be interested in that camera, you can now pre-order that bad boy. Next up, high dynamic range Starvis 2 sensors spotted. I got the following info from two different sources. It's about the new generation Starvis 2 sensors from Sony. Source one quote, I have heard that Sony plans to produce high dynamic range Starvis 2 sensors, which have excellent NIR performance and excellent dynamic range. The FHD version contains the type 1 slash 2.8 and type 1 slash 1.2 sizes. The 4.1 megapixel version contains the type 1.0 uh, 1-1.8 type 1.1 sizes 4k version contains type 1-1.2 type 1.8 and type 2.7 the 4k type 2.7 35 millimeter full frame has quad gain readout and provides 105 db of dynamic range at 12 bit adc and higher at 14 bit adc the exact technical specifications are not known yet, but such technology may, may be similar to Ari's ALEV and Canon's DGO. From source two, quote, Sony produces three Starvis 2 image sensors in 4K with class. Uh, they are the IMX 485 8.29 MP type blah 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 uh the imx 487 which features pixel sizes of 2.9 uh, microns 5.8 microns and 8.7 microns respectively the starvis 2 sensor adds hcg readout to the regular starvis sensor enabling dual gain reading and therefore achieving a dynamic range of more than eight times the imx 485 is the entry level, the 4K Starvis 2 with a dynamic range of 88 dB and an affordable price that will make it the, uh, the component of choice for many high-performance surveillance devices. The IMX820, uh, 
I'm sorry, the IMX 527 is the high sensitivity version of the 4K Starvis 2, which is compatible with normal APS-C lenses. It still offers an excellent dynamic range of over 90 dB in extreme low light situations with an excellent signal to noise ratio. Its presence makes 4K night surveillance infinitely possible. Uh, and the IMX 487 uses a large area of high sensitivity pixels surrounded by a small area of high saturation pixels. The area ratio is 8 to 1, which allows for separate dual gain readout quad gain totally for high quality, high sensitivity and high saturation pixels. As a result, the flagship 4K Starvis 2 sensor, the IMX 487 delivers an impressive wide dynamic range of over 100 dB and a flawless picture with a high signal to noise ratio however the resolution of these sensors is so low that they should not be used in Sony's interchangeable lens cameras APS-C is a marginal market for Sony and the full-frame models clash with the new Alpha uh, 7S3 and the probability of using them is low but the Starvis 2 sensor gives the possibility of Sony producing a high dynamic range sensor for interchangeable lens, ca lens camera application scenarios so some interesting news there if it is accurate hopefully it is uh, but I guess we'll have to wait and see it sounds like they might be sensors for high quality uh, security and surveillance cameras more than anything else Next up, Sony ZV-E10 YouTube Reviews Roundup. Uh, again, you can buy this camera for $698 at B&H uh, Photo. It's coming soon. It's not quite available yet. Uh, Pre-orders at B&H Photo at Rama and in Europe at Calumet DE Park UK and Wex UK. And there are quite a few YouTube videos on it. Um, I see one from Kai in the UK. Um, and one from Tony uh, Northrop. And let's see, I don't know some of the rest of these folks, but there are a plethora of video reviews on this camera here. Um, interesting to see so many of them posted at one time. I guess a lot of these professional YouTube reviewers all received a camera from uh, test cameras from Sony for review about the same time because all of their videos seem to be out at the same time. And last up from Sony Alpha Rumors for this week, new Luminar update released. New Bokeh AI creates a beautiful background blur in seconds. Video shows how it works. Skylum has released the latest update for Luminar AI software. P.S. Till August 3rd, you save 50% on Luminar AI using our code SAR. Uh, Portrait Bokeh AI, the long-awaited Portrait Bokeh AI feature will help Luminar creatives achieve dreamy and spectacular portraits using artificial intelligence. This tool quickly analyzes the depth of an image and creates a beautiful background blur in seconds, adding a realistic and dreamy 3D Bokeh effects to your portraits. Bokeh AI creates a beautiful background blur in seconds, adding a realistic and dreamy 3D Bokeh effect to your portraits. You can use it in to automatically emulate the stunning background haziness of a high-quality lens at maximum aperture. Easily add volume, airiness, and depth to your photos, hide imperfections in an unfocused background, and let the subject in your photos stand out. 
Textures with Visual Preview, the Improved Textures tool gives you incredible new possibilities in the local masking tab. Click on plus add and select textures. Now you can visually browse textures in the drop down list and instantly have an idea of what your final results will look like, just like Sky AI and Augmented Sky AI. Shifting Horizon Control and Sky AI and Update 4, you can enjoy significant improvements to Sky AI tool. There's a new slider that correctly adjusts the position of the sky, you can replace the sky and set the desired position of your horizon line thanks to the shifting horizon control slider in the sky orientation section. Instead of vertical position, horizontal position, and horizontal blending sliders, now there is just one smart control that saves time and is more efficient in getting your replaced sky texture exactly where you want it. Alright, and that is going to wrap up all the news and rumors for this week. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 172 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also, remind you to swing by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe, check out the videos, like, share, comment on them, hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And you can do the same. I'd really appreciate it for Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Forgotten pieces of Pennsylvania as they each have their own channels as well. Be sure to check out the new contest where I'm giving away a winner wireless lavalier microphone system. Uh, that contest is running until October, so make sure you get your entries in. You can get up to four entries per, per person. All right, that is going to wrap up this episode, and I will see you all again on Thursday.